Good afternoon. You're listening to Cannabis Corner on WNHHLP 103.5 FM, broadcasting live from downtown New Haven. We're also streaming live on TuneIn Radio and NewHavenIndependent.org. We're streaming live video on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com slash New Haven Independent or go to your Facebook page and look us up. You can also hit C first to hear all the great programs we have on W. N-H-H-L-P. Okay, here we are. It is Monday, July 11th, 2022. I'm, I'm your host, Puerto Rican resident, Joe Lachance. And I'm here with my co-host, cannabis nurse, Kibra. How are you this week, Kibra? I am okay. How are you? I'm doing okay, considering, you know, but, you know, life goes on. Yeah. Um, so I guess Uncle Lou is not here yet. I just texted him. I hope he's coming on. Um, I see something say connecting audio. Uh, that, that is Duncan from Better Ways, and I'm glad yeah. he's here with us. So, of course, uh, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to have somebody calling in, Brian Valencia from Quality Over Quantity CBD, and he's going to talk a little bit about uh, an event he has coming up this weekend that he would like people to go to. But meanwhile, I think I'm going to get into the calendar right now, and let's see what we got going on for this week. All right, so tonight, uh, there's a puff and paint going on. That is from 6 to 8 p.m. That's put on by Shady Dankin, and that is over at CBD Plus in North Haven. Now, tomorrow, and I really would prefer to be focusing on this during the show, but, you know, we're not right now. So the Social Equity Council meeting is tomorrow. July the 12th, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, this is a very, very, very important meeting because they will be announcing some of the, let's call them winners in the lottery, uh, who have been granted the, what they call the preliminary application status, right? Who have the ability now to go to the next level. So this is a very important step in the legalization process. I think people should really be focusing on this. And so let's focus on this for a minute. Kiber, you're a little bit, you know, you have a little bit skinny game in this. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what's going to be going on at this meeting. Well, you know, there was a lot of speculation about um, what exactly tomorrow was going to mean. 
Um, but I just went to the agenda. So you know, to, it says that tomorrow, uh, the Social Equity Council will um, name the winners of the Section 149. So that's the Social Equity um, Disproportionately Impacted Area Cultivator License. Um, and they're also going to announce the finalists for the accelerator program. Um, and so, you know, that's really a big deal. Uh, <laughs> and it's, a, it's exciting times, you know, what we could do um, as, as people who come from these communities who've been affected by the war on drugs and had, had their friends and family members incarcerated and just took so many losses um, behind a plant that everyone knew was harmless. Um, you know, it, it just really is a beautiful thing to see the ability that people will have to come back to these communities, create jobs and opportunities, and really um, bring bring up the community by creating, you know, economic opportunity. And, and so it's really um, historic and, and can be life-changing, and um, I, I'm praying for those who win the license that, that they all, that we all, <laughs> I, I pray that I want, we all do the right thing and, and um, really, really embody the spirit of this, this license and, um, and really be a part of rebuilding communities. Right, right. And I think that was, you know, kind of the whole point of the legislation. And now it's really going to be up to the people who get these licenses to, you know, make sure that they do the right thing. And, you know, honestly, there may be some people who we don't even know who got right. a license, there, you know, so it's going to the whole landscape of the industry is going to change. And that's kind of part of the reason I thought today was the right day to try and you know, clear the air with some things. But anyway, let's move on to a couple other events. I see Brian hasn't come in yet, but uh, hopefully he will. Uh, we have a Lit and Fit Boxing that happens now on every Tuesday. Uh, that's a 420 consumption event. Fit and Lit Zumba, which is on Wednesdays. That's another 420 consumption event. So if you want to get fit and lit, now there are fitness events that are okay. cannabis related. I love it. I love it. I love the way things are expanding. Yeah, I want to try those out. Yeah. And then there's a, a lifted labyrinth on Wednesday. And if you've ever been to one of those, those it's a great event that's put on by Camorra's Cultural Corner up there in Hartford. If you haven't checked out her space yet, it's great. It's a very friend, cannabis friendly organization. Puts on a lot of great events, and I've heard this Lifted Labyrinth is all awesome. And it is a full moon Friday, so go out and get that energy, you know, uh, and absorb that with some good people. So that's going on Wednesday night. We also have, of course, our regular radio shows there on the network. Uh, we have Cannabis Corner, Still Toking With, and, of course, the illustrious To Be Blunt on Thursdays. This Thursday, there's a, what is called the Harvest Cup. If you guys know what that is, that is a big event that happens in November. Uh, that is for cultivators, and they do a great awards ceremony and everything. Uh, they are having a golf tournament. 
So that ought to be fun too. I want to see, uh, you know, that ought to be great too. And that is of course a 420 friendly and there's a dinner that comes after that. So that's a great way to spend the day on Friday. The volunteer day over at Camorra's Cultural Kitchen. And then of course, uh, as I spoke to about earlier this Saturday, Q over Q CBD is having their grand opening in Wallingford from 12 to 8. And apparently from what I hear, there is another also like a farmer's market type of deal that is attached to that, that will have local vendors there as well. So uh, we look forward to that event on Saturday. Uh, There's a token paint every Saturday. There are two token paints every Saturday. So depending on where you live, you could probably get one in your area. And then there's a nice coffee and cannabis that happens every Sunday. And you can, uh, you know, contact the promoters that are listed on the calendar for more information about those events. So, all right. I guess I don't want to see if Brian made it on the show. He did not. So I guess we can get into our show today. So. First thing I want to say is I called everybody together here, you know, and I've gotten a lot of heat for this, a a ton of heat, more the heat in the cannabis industry than I've ever gotten in my life. Uh, There's, but we we used to get heat all the time during the activism. People would criticize us constantly about not doing the job right. And, you know, all, everybody had their opinion about the way we were doing things. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm no stranger to criticism. You know, and I got it when I worked at the cannabis school. I got it when, you know, I've got it throughout my life. I'm no stranger to it. I have, I have, you know, I understand that it happens. So, but today, you know, I got hit with a meme. You know, people are starting to attack me personally. You know, you can say what you want about, you know, me and the cannabis industry, but don't come after my personal life. Yes, I live in Puerto Rico. There's a reason I live in Puerto Rico. Because I almost died of cancer, okay, motherfucker. Uh, anyway, all right, I'm here to heal myself, okay. I, I don't, I don't talk about this stuff in public. I really don't like to bring this stuff in public. But if you want to air it out, I'll air it out for you, people. And maybe this will make people air out their own stuff. But yeah, yeah I came here because I was facing cancer, okay. And and the treatment they gave me, I wasn't satisfied with. So I came here to heal myself naturally, okay? And that's what it comes down to. Now, I don't go public with this kind of stuff because I don't believe in giving that kind of stuff power, you know? And I also had some heart issues too. So I just want people to know that this is for health reasons and I don't need this kind of stress in my life. And if you want to go into my back about unpaid debts, yeah, I had a credit card that I didn't pay in 2009 when the economy crashed. Okay. They put a lawsuit on me. Guess what? It was dismissed. So there you go. Okay. You want some dirty laundry? Here it is. You want to smell my freaking underwear? Here it is. Okay. I have no clue what they're talking about stolen wages because guess what? I've never had any freaking employees. <laughs> so I don't have anybody I can steal from. So these things are, are just, you know, baseless in my mind, you know, and I wasn't mad before I saw this, but now I'm freaking mad, you know? Uh, so you want dirty laundry? There's some dirty laundry. You can sniff my freaking underwear as far as I care. Okay. And on that note, Make sure to go on to follow Joe's new podcast. What's your podcast? Peaceoverpain.com. You wonder why I'm doing that show, right? Yeah. Take a guess. 
Okay? Because I did it for myself. Yeah. Now, let's move on. And anybody who has anything to say to me, you know where to reach me. Okay? I got a DM on Instagram, Facebook, however you want to reach me. Any questions you got, fire away. I mean, and the truth of the matter is we are all from... We come from nothing. Like, you know, we are we have all been disenfranchised. Like we are this is why we are here. This is what we've been fighting for to level the playing field. So we have had issues. That I mean what what do you want to do about that? Like you're it's ridiculous. Keeper, we have had issues. The people here on this call right now yes. have had issues yes. between them yep. during the fight. Yes. But the difference is, and I'm going to tell you the differences between then and now, and I've been trying to figure it out. We had a common cause, mm-hmm. and that common cause was greater than any of the differences that we could have had between us. And there were some big ones. You know, people don't know what went on behind the scenes. So we're not guiltless here. But you know what? We had a common cause. And it was to get this plant legalized. And we did, we, you know, and that was it. I think what's happened now, you know, I'm just as an observer, because remember, I'm a Puerto Rican resident. Uh, I think as an observer and somebody who does talk to people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do talk to people. I book them on the show. You know, I I contact actually people from all aspects of the industry. So if you think I don't talk to people, I do. Uh, And there seemed to be like this honeymoon period when legalization first happened. Everyone was celebrating, right? They had this big old party. You know, everybody was happy. The community came together. The community started growing. The high bazaar started up. I mean, I went to two high bazaars and I saw nothing but love. I saw nothing but good vibes. I actually felt good that I had left and left the community in good hands. I really did. I felt great about it, you know? So here I am again as an observer, you know, as an observer, but someone who still loves this community and still cares deeply about it and wants to see, because someday I do plan to come back, um, wants to see it grow and grow in the right way, not grow like a weed. You know what I'm saying, so to speak. But, um, and, and it's a year later. Here we are. This is one year later, almost to the day. One year later from legalization being announced. And it's a whole nother ballgame now. All I'm seeing is dissension and all kinds of animosity going on. So something that started out as something real, real positive seemed to turn into something negative, you know, and, and, you know, it really hurts me. You know, I'm going to talk as a human being here. This, it bothers me. It really, really bothers me because, you know, I love this community. I love Connecticut, you know, bottom line. I love, you know, so, you know, I really just want to see if I, if we can get to the bottom of this, figure out why it happened. And then I, and come to some, you know, kind of conclusion here, or agreement, uh, at least on our part, you know, because it's all we can control is ourselves to make things better in the future moving forward. But unfortunately, in order to move forward to the future, I think we do have to look back to the past a little bit. So, Joe, 
You know, I just, I, I just want to ask you guys. You guys are in the trenches. Like I said, I'm an observer. I'm more like an advisor, and this includes you, Kibra. What happened? So, just what happened? I just I want, want to know I, what I, happened in a year's time. Out, I want to start the conversation out first and foremost. To you know, the the high bazaar created a beautiful community around the bazaar, and not only was a bazaar like this environment but it was a community because we met on wednesday nights and we planned things together and we passionately tried to at what became the gifting laws tried to fight those together tried to educate people together on wednesday nights with the social equity stuff and and getting licensed in the social equity program but i fought so hard and tirelessly tirelessly that ultimately i got what was coming from me from the state from the town from local police because the high bazaar pissed a lot of people off because it got so popular because it became such a event from week to week, but never did I want it to end, you know, and, and maybe it was a, a little ambitious on my part. I made a lot of mistakes, but it became a monster, but a good monster. But when they shut it down, I was still trying to give people the opportunities to, to keep it going what people don't maybe understand are the costs that, that went into a high bazaar as well. I mean, like we put safety first. We had four professional secured armed guards. We had EMTs that were off duty working at high bazaar, two of them. And I, and, and then we had a lawyer on site at all times to protect patients and vendors from any kind of, you know, uh, outside interference or whatever, just to make a safe environment. In making that safe environment, it literally took my life over and buried me. Buried. It took all my resources to fight to keep that bazaar open. I mean, and I apologize to anybody who was affected, but do I regret the high bazaar? No, because in my opinion, it, it put all of these brands, a lot of these brands that started in the high bazaar, I still see out there. I see bees twisted. Get you know how successful they've been. I've tons of brands out there that are doing well for themselves and created something for themselves within that space. And that was the point of the bazaar. I learned a lot of hard lessons with it. And I feel terrible about, you know, the people that were affected by it at the end, but there was nothing I could do. I was getting my head cut off by the state, by lawyer fees, by all kinds of things. And good thing I had a great lawyer at the time that, that helped me navigate through all of that because you know, it kept us able to to do that for as long as we did. And the bazaar was a safe place. Yeah, there was one fight at all of them between all of the bazaars that happened. And and maybe there was a mechanical failure somewhere in, in there, too. But other than that, was it a safe place? I mean, yes. And and I'd love to. And, and now going forward, you know, with the musical connections and everything else that we'd like to, you know, the bizarre may come in another form, who knows? But for now, I know that with these gifting laws, things had to chill out and another platform, a different kind of platform towards education and things like that, you know, edu- you know, getting into the, the ancillary business around the industry. That's the way for me going forward, you know, or in a regulated market, but to, you know, I think that's where a lot of uh, the animosity came was was at the end of, you know, the bizarre, how it ended. And 
I couldn't talk. I'm still uh, in a legal bind over what I can say and what can't say because there's a lawsuit against me. So, uh, you know, I, I do, I, I, I'm, I'm, my apologies. And, and I, but what I do still see out there is a, a large footprint of that bazaar with all of these brands that came and started in the bazaar. And that's the, that, I mean, is, you know, the community breaks, it breaks into sub to little sub camps. And I understand that, but there is a way to coexist, you know, just because you work with one brand, you shouldn't be loyal, to, you know, to them and only them. And then, you know, talk on that, you know, on all other brands, there's a way for all brands to work out here and, and be kind and put patients first and hold each other accountable. And, you know, in, in terms of, of, of how we, you know, deal with these problems and, and, and not just fling poo at each other and, and make it into something more of a, if I could jump in, if I could just jump in, I think for the most part, the thing is that we are advocates with a passion for this plant. And, you know, a lot, some of us have had to acquire business skills, but that's not our first nature. Like, it's not like running these events, all these things. It was not first nature for us. First and foremost was our advocacy and love for the plant. And then we tried to create community. And you talked about Bees Twisted Treats starting, you know, at High Bazaar. You know, it actually... Well, I think the difference is like at one point we were just, we were a community and we just it was like we were all one. So it wasn't just like the high bizarre community or this community. It was just like the cannabis community of Connecticut. And because B actually started at Cannon Health with classes and learn how to infuse, you know, and so it it has been a, it has right. been a continuing um a family that has grown and matured and changed, but we all have still been one. Like we started, we all started from the bottom and we're here now trying to figure it out, you know? And I, and I think that, you know, like, like we were just talking about earlier, we all, I am learning that I'm sure I have made several mistakes, you know, and tried to like the best I could, if I found out about them, correct them. But you know, like, come on, like, we have to start looking at people's resumes and where they're coming from and, like, and, and realizing that we, we're a community first, like, all this hate and, oh, this, oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And Joe, thank you. Thank you for at least shedding some light on this. I think there are a couple things that people have questions about, about the High Bazaar. Joe, are you still there? Yeah, about yeah. the high bazaar. Um, I heard, you know, that possibly some of the dissension is coming from an altercation that you actually had with a vendor. Uh, is can you just expound on that a little bit? In in the high bazaar, there there was someone who's a who does regulated uh, Delta Eight gummies that um, I had a difference of ideas about what the bazaar would be and it almost turned into a physical altercation my partner cody had uh broke that altercation up before anything happened and it was uh but that person was very bitter from that day on and has been a part of this poofling that's going on since and i mean i believe you know there's a lot of skeletons in their closet as well from a few parties, you know, as to where they come from and who they actually are. So, you know, I think that has to be 
still taken into consideration. Yeah, you know, I want I want to kind of make a point that we haven't gone there. We haven't gone there into people's personal lives on this side. We haven't done that. You know, we've stayed away from that tactic. But people in glass houses should not throw stones, especially when they are half a million dollar houses in Guilford, Connecticut. Right. And especially when they work for one of the biggest, biggest companies in this state that is probably one of the biggest opponents of cannabis out there. I know from the fight that Dr. D'Souza from that university, yes, was adamantly against it. And I had some personal battles with him, one in the restroom over this. So I know that Yale does not support cannabis. And people have to realize the online world will bleed into the real world eventually. And that's when people start getting hurt because it will bleed. It will affect their families. It will affect their jobs. It will affect their businesses. And in general, this is just not a productive use of people's times, especially when they are trying to build businesses. Especially when they are trying to get laws changed. There are much better things to be doing with their time. Absolutely right. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way I feel. But if you want to sling mud, I am a reporter. I am a journalist. I went to school for it. I am trained in it. I know how to get information. Okay. Now. Let's move on to the second thing that people have questions about. And this is the whole TV thing. That seemed to be the bomb right there. The whole TV thing. How did that happen? People are saying to me, how the hell did Joe Raymond let that damn happen? How did that happen, Joe? How did the TV thing happen? So while the bizarre is going on, I'm, you know, literally living the bizarre because the, the setup, the, the takedown, the, the dumpster, the porta, you know. And while this is going on, I have media coming to Treadwell literally circling the parking lot. I have dozens of witnesses to that. And furthermore, on the day of the bazaars, they were following patients out of the bazaar and asking them about what they were gifted within the bazaar. At one point, I decided to intervene because I did not want them to harass patients leaving the bazaar anymore and said, listen, we, I meet up with a bunch of this community on Wednesday nights, and we talk about all different topics. Why don't you come down on a Wednesday night? I said, this coming Wednesday, we actually are doing social equity licensing informational night with Raf Rosario. Why don't you come down and, and join us then? And that's when they came to the meeting on a Wednesday night, and kind of twisted it into a story as if we had let them in High Bazaar when we didn't never let anyone in High Bazaar. High Bazaar became a monster, though. It became national. We had people coming from Pennsylvania, Ohio. I mean, like, so the attention was there. And I admit to mistakes in that. But it was like the wild. It was new territory. I was trying to protect the people within and showing 
also that we're working towards something that these people aren't just, you know, this isn't just what they perceive as people slinging on their block, that these people are actual people in the community and that they're building towards building their brand because they, they have a place in the cannabis. They should have their place in the, the cannabis industry or wherever they, they may see fit because I felt that that was a safe space for everyone. Right. I mean, so kind of, yeah. 2020, um, you know, but it just, it is. And I think that overall, a lot of us thought that now that legalization happened, like everybody was with us and it was oh happy day and like didn't realize how many people were really against this legislation until it really came to fruition and really started like um, <laughs> scrutinizing the thing that we were doing and and so as as you thought it was an opportunity to you know invite the community into the high bizarre community it really was just that you know hindsight is 2020 but yeah definitely funny totally agreed and and you know i thought it would be a good thing to see that we're bringing groups in like the aclu and you know Gus, even Gus came down to the bazaar. I invited him and the whole crew from Hartford to come down because I wanted those kind of people in there to give me indication if something was not being done correctly. But again, it was outside of the regulated market. The state wasn't going to tolerate it. And I ultimately took the guillotine for it. And I, me and you had discussed that a long time ago that this went sour at one point, you know, Joe, that there would be a magic bullet that I would have to take for it. And and believe yeah. me, I took it. The amount of fighting they took, they had me in court over two different cases. And then I'm fighting a neighbor at the Treadwell location who has a business, who has a, a music venue who didn't want me. I had a, you know, and it's, it, at the time, I mean, it, I was overwhelmed. It, it, I had to nav- navigate and, and I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, and, and on top of that, every single person you've ever met in this area, who has anything to do with cannabis want to be a part of it and me being me say, yes, I want yeah. you to be a part of it. And I, right. so you <laughs> and might I have, like, yeah, I got, yeah, got a little am- over ambitious, you know, yeah. things kind of took a life of their own. You know, it happens. I've seen it happen in many businesses. All right. And yeah. you know, I appreciate the fact that you own up to that Joe, yes. yeah. you know, and I know there are certain things you can't talk about because of lawsuits but, you know, it, it, I think people just need to understand, first of all, the media is relentless. When they want something, they go after it. I know I'm a member of the media. And, and so they, they stole footage off Instagram. And you know, now whoever put that on there, it wasn't that very smart. But I'm going to say that right out. But still, they stole footage from Instagram. They did not actually come inside the, the event. And, you know unfortunately and it was an unfortunate mistake a lot of repercussions came from that because that's what put it on the state's radar we know what happened after that you know we got mike d'agostino got pissed Uh, you know we even got some of the you know there was a lot of people pissed up at the state level never mind what's going on down here i mean you know at the state level they were fuming fuming about it and so and i know you took a lot of heat for that joe so you took it from the state too, and it was a big mistake, you know, the, you know, the TV thing. But, you know, like we said, we got to move on from that. And now we have this new reality to deal with. And people aren't really dealing with it that well. You know what I mean? 
you know, and, and I'm just seeing a lot of people fighting for turf and, and things like, like that, like territory fight. This, this industry is huge. There's going to be a piece of the pie for everybody. And I just want people to know that. Paul, I wanted to get to you for a minute. Because something that was brought up to me that was a point of contention for people was the fact that they felt that Connecticut, that you personally, abandoned Connecticut normal because you had accomplished the goal and that you apparently are going for a license and you don't really care about it. You abandoned Connecticut normal. And I think the exact quote was the least you could have done was pass it on to somebody else. So now you have three people who are on the Connecticut Normal Board right here on this call. Four, actually. Heber is a member of that, too. Um, we know why we, don't, we aren't associated with Connecticut Normal. It's got nothing to do with taking our ball and going home. Can you explain a little bit about why we are no longer affiliated with Normal? Well, I'd first like to start off with, yeah, there's a lot of contention out there. There's a lot of people coming out, making false claims, making things, making statements about things that they don't have any real knowledge about. And it's unfortunate. Um, I'm not going to give any, anybody gravity on that. But uh, in all reality is, is, you know, this community, right? Even, even if you want to have a, the dispute with this actual event right now, right? The community is the fact that, you know, we came together from different areas of, of life, right? Uh, Connecticut normal is just one example. Um, we, even with the legalization bill, right? It was a collection. There was a lot of, a lot of conversations going on with you know, Connecticut normal, MCBA, the women's grow, Canna health, uh, cure, cure um, Connecticut. It, yeah. Cure Connecticut, ACLU, right? There was different, um, and, and MMP, right? There were different people that were all coming in, and we all kind of wanted to get our own, um, our own united front, right? And we we attempted to do that. So it wasn't any certain organization that legalized cannabis, right? It was a collection. It was a true community, right? And as you said, there was a point of contention at some point between different members for different reasons, right? But yet we still had a common goal. We uh, communicated with people. If we had an issue with, with one another, we would open a dialogue. And I think that's really what is missing today is nobody really wants to put the effort out there to have a constructive conversation. It's attacking. It's misleading. Um, and there's a lot of provocateurs out there that just want to go ahead and say things when they have no real understanding. Now that that's being said, Connecticut normal, we were hit with COVID just like everybody else. Again, instead of going out and doing things, we had learned how we had previously put um, our meetings live on, on Facebook, right? And what ended up happening there is the, you know, opponents to legalization use those, use that footage to understand our strategy because we mm -hmm. were discussing strategy. We were talking about that. So when COVID happened, we decided not to have meetings. Right. We, we did have behind. personal ones. We did. We did personal meetings with the board and we sat back and we actually had collective, like a, more of a collective community approach. We would have those conversations and we would work together. Connecticut Normal, we had conversations, shoot, three years ago about dropping Normal from our, our organization 
because we were drifting away from what we were seeing national organization, the national normal direction going from what we were seeing in Connecticut. We weren't getting any financial backing from, from national. We were rarely getting any kind of support from national unless they were really looking for, you know, contact information or or dues. Right. Um, And, and keeping up with that. Right. Um, So it was determined you know, a while by ago, the board, by a board, by the, by, from by the, the board. board, that we would discontinue Connecticut normal and that we would move forward uh, collectively, still working with each other towards a common goal, but not underneath the normal umbrella. Right. And that's where, you know, we had, uh, you know, you saw the, the, the bigger gross, right? Um, the bigger individualism coming out. That's um, kind of where the can of warriors came from, you know, it kind of, you yeah. know. Can of warriors came out of that because it's not really just us, right? It, it's very easy. Go ahead, point your blame at me of, of whatever you want. The reality is it's, it, it's untrue. Um, the community does deserve, you know, some healing here. Um, and, and in that regard, it's, it's honestly like, if you have a problem, open up a dialogue, talk to somebody, you know, this lambastic, uh, provocative, you know, uh, speech, you know, we don't need another Alex Jones, right? I don't yeah. need somebody coming in here, uh, in Connecticut and lambasting what we're trying to do when reality is all I'm trying to do as an individual is try to help people around me come up. That's the community, right? right. Um, you know, from Connecticut normal, my biggest, my biggest pushes were for legalization, grow for everybody has the right to grow their own. And that social equity must happen before anything else happens. Yeah, social it, it, equity has to happen. And that's where we get our joint ventures, right? Your joint ventures were really meant to, um, to get around that lottery process to get in day one. Right. So that when legalization recreational sales happen, you do have that you do have social equity already available. Um, and that's really where it is, is because if you don't have that economically speaking, the people that have the power, right, your MSOs now um, get to dictate law. And we saw that with a gifting law. Yeah, we saw that with constantly that's- the way they changed the lottery process from one to unlimited. There was no legislative process for that. You know, you know, we have to understand who the real enemy is here. You know, right. this is this make is kind of akin to what's happening in society as a whole. Yeah. And I hate to see it bleeding into the cannabis industry, but it's yeah. it's this whole division thing. And, and nobody sees who the real enemy is. The real enemy is the establishment. The real enemy is the government. The real enemy is the MSOs you know, who are trying to literally control the legislation. And, you know, that's why this isn't, um, it's, it's not very productive because it takes people's attention away from that. So, I mean, you know, my personal focus is not actually changed from like, you know, my individual focus, my effort, I've been advocating for over seven years, right? This is for free. Nobody pays me. I don't get paid. I don't make it from anyone. I didn't get anything from normal. The only reason why we actually had any kind of funding is because we fundraise locally. 
right? right. We would have our C- we would have our CBD dinners. We would have you know our, our Christmas dinners before even that, right? When we weren't before we were allowed to even do anything. I had a fundraiser at my home, right? That right, we put up billboards. That, yeah. All of those were self funded, right? Right. Um, and we got nothing so, back from normal. Nothing. We got nothing. Right. And and we didn't get anything from MMA. There was no collusion with MSOs. There, uh, this idea that um. I, you know, that I have contact or that I have uh, ties to the DCP that that's to me is laughable because Michelle, Schie- Michelle Siegel actually does not like me. I don't, you know, like I, I don't get it. Like we've had conversations like five years ago about gummies, like, you know, in that contention, like, um, you know, any kind of relations that I would have with anybody in the medical program would have been long term. Right. Like I've had. Yes, I have friends that work in the medical program. You know why? Because I support them in having in having a job. If they want to be a grower at a, if they want to help grow, or they want to trim, or they want to make they want to make edibles, right? That's their job. That's their livelihood, right? Just because they work from MSO doesn't give them the right to yell and scream, right? Um, if they did that, they wouldn't be employed, right? Um, and unfortunately, a lot of these relations, I mean, people want to claim that these are MSO relationships, but no, this, I've had these relationships prior to MSOs coming into the state. Right. Right. Um, you know, I sometimes find it, you know, disturbing that people want to go ahead and, you know, this smirch fine fettle, right. That is a, that they may be an MSO, but they're not a corporation, right. No, they they're, are, they're not, they're, they're a family owned business. And That's fine federal, you know, we've had him on the show many times. He's very supportive of the cannabis community. He was very yeah. supportive of home grow and he's only a dispensary. I understand he has a cultivation facility in mass, but in Connecticut, his hands are tied too, just like everyone else. Yeah. He has to sell the same crap MSO weed that everyone else has to sell, you know, and he, I think he does a good job. He gives specials. He takes care of the customers and he's doing the best with what he's got because honestly any of the dispensaries in Connecticut are only working with the same garbage and uh you know you're right you're right you're 100 and the 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 crap on those people you have to realize that you have 51,000 patients right 51,000 patients you can't tell me every single one of those people have a guy or a girl that they go see no some people and we see them on the internet this whole group of them that swear by this stuff. They think it's the greatest yeah. stuff in the freaking world. And I'm hoping medicine people like Kibra and Lou can show them, no, this is, there's much better stuff out there. You know, there and is that's a hell I'm looking stuff. forward to legalization because we will get some variety finally right. in the legal market. Like there is in the legacy market. For Christ's sake, the legacy yeah. weed is much better. It's got a much and, better selection. I wonder why people go. Argue- and, you, and then, and I mean, these problems are not going to go away. They're only going to become more and more complex, mm-hmm. right? Is like even with the, the the lottery system right now, right? All of these lotteries are going towards adult use, right? And I'm sorry, even yeah, no like medical. MSO, from a business perspective, not even an MSO's perspective, because we already know MSOs are driven by financial by by the financial bottom line, right? They're indebted to stakeholders. That that's a business, um, but. When it comes down, when it comes down to profit sharing, right? If I can make a dollar and five cents selling to adult rec, and I can make ninety-five cents selling to uh, selling medical. to uh, a medical, there's going to be a diversion of supply 
at some yep. point. I don't care yep. what that business is going to tell you. There's going to be a diversion. So, you know, in the future, there has to be there has to be a support and a continued fight to help medical patients, to help bolster that that medical supply, right? Uh, to keep that to keep that going and to well, uh, as well expand it, give them more options, right? They shouldn't just be the four current growers that are, that are providing right. to them, yeah, right? It needs you need to have diversification. We need to have a, a more defined palette, right? And how can we we can do that with caregiving? Uh, new rounds of new rounds of quote unquote licensing if the state needs to have, right? Um, but I don't think we can do it, that. It's all money. We yeah. can't do it now. We can't. We can't. Now, right now, the, the community as it is could not do it right now. Honestly, could not fight. If, if they came up with some crazy regulation now, I don't think we have it to do it. I wanted to move on real quick, though, to Duncan and Christina, because you guys have just been sitting there real quietly. You guys have anything to add? I mean, I know, you know, you guys are, have been a huge part of all this. Either Duncan. one of you? Duncan? Duncan. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, there you go. Okay. So, you know, I, I am wholeheartedly not even just disappointed, but heartbroken in seeing where our community has gone. I think that, uh, I think that it's, it's more than just the high bazaar. You know, I think that, you know, this division has started within the community far before then. Um, you know, in the fight for equity in Connecticut, watching the governor threaten to veto um, the the legalization legal, um, legislation uh, if we included people that were hurt directly by the war on drugs, um, people who've had their children taken and, and their opportunities stolen um, and things like that. And I think that's really where a big part of the breakdown in communication within our very close community that we've had for years had come from. Um, because I, I do believe that we should have all stood up to that. And, and a lot of us had the platform to do that, myself not included. Um, but I was willing to stand and, and hold a sign and do what I could. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of us backed down just knowing that, hey, we're going to get what we want um, to some degree and we can work on it from there. Um, but now we're at a point where can we work on that? Because I feel we're just so separate and so divided um, and there's such a lack of communication and trust within the community now that you're right. I don't think that if something were to come forward or if we had an opportunity to sit at a table that we could get our shit together and be right. able to, you know, make that, you know, I got criticized for not, you know, including more people. But, you know, I can tell the time is not right if we brought in people you know the other people into this it would have been a horror this would have been a, a, a total fiasco you know what i mean and i want to avoid that i want to avoid anything until people are ready to and i do and i do believe that a lot of the issues in the community are direct issues with people person to person and those issues need to be dealt with person to know? person yeah honestly, person I, don't person think, I don't even think they're issues it's like they're like people are are making assumptions and and deciding in their mind what people's intentions are instead of like having now now this is the person the person having direct conversations like hey what are you okay I see like with me hey, yeah you've my, taken a ton of heat both yeah, you and somebody, Luke ton of heat if someone questioned me and my partnership choice I'll tell you exactly why I chose my partners like I would love to have that conversation with someone do I feel like um I, I 
So is that is that something that I have to do? No, but I'm willing to do that because I am a part of this community. But to just make assumptions without really taking in consideration the to- like the person and what they've been doing for the last few years and, and the sacrifices made that people a lot of people don't know. But and and the ability the, the attempt to make a community. The attempt to like collaborate with others and make sure like we brought people in. I, I just, you know, it just it just saddens me that someone that's obvious, like anytime, anytime something is dividing and subtracting, it's negative, it's evil, it's not good. Anytime something is adding and multiplying, that's a sign that you're headed in the right direction. That is good. That is this obviously is dividing and it's not good like i don't understand why people are saying oh i see let me pick a side instead of saying wait a minute like is this what like is this even what we want this to be about like do we really want this to be about us fighting each other or we want to get together and have a you know a beautiful session and and, and talk about you know where we want to try to work within this legislation that we got like is what we have like well, you know, it, it just it's so bizarre to me that the desire would be that someone other than a person like a me or like a Lou or like a Tiana Hercules would get a Section 149 license that is that will do something to hire people from the community and actually do good things like because their, their history has proven that. Like it, instead, would you would it would they have rather it just been these MSOs left on their own, like to do whatever they wanted to do with us? Like that's ultimately was the option. Either we participate and work within the system that we were given, or we sit back and watch them swallow it whole. Like I, right. I don't, I didn't want to be a part of that. Right. No, I agree. I agree. You know, and that's what people need to understand. You know, just because you're getting your money from them doesn't mean they run your company. They have nothing to say about it. And I think that's going to be a moving forward kind of show and prove situation, right? Because we are postborn by acreage, right? Acreage Holdings did a lot of us really dirty. The community that were able to advocate through those different dispensaries before they were owned, um, you know, the people that worked there that really had helped to build those companies up, um, you know, they shit on them. So it was definitely a level... You know, your powers that be, the people who that like they sold to those companies and, and you know, and unfortunately they did not have the leadership or they didn't have a Kibra in place to say, wait a minute, it's not all about the bottom line. It's about these people that have been working in the community. And if you do this, this will put a stain on your organization that will be very hard for you to move forward from. Like that's what you need. So instead of just letting them run amok, because <laughs> that's really what it is. Why? Well, because of this legislation, the opportunity has been given for us to get in and be that voice, to be the person to say, no, this is not going to work. And for for the community not to give us the opportunity to do it, for the community to judge us and and automatically become negative and become the enemy before we even get a license. Like, we don't even know. I've been beat up for something I don't even have yet. Like something I, I haven't even benefited from, something my children haven't even had the benefit of like it's it's generational changes community changes that will happen because of these licenses and to beat someone up who is just trying just trying to work within a system to do the right thing for their communities before you give an opportunity that that's wrong 
that's wrong. Like if those I, things if are I gonna take on, time. Those things yeah. are gonna take time because people yeah, have to be able to time. see and feel give that. It time, give it time. Let people give people the opportunity to show and prove. If I don't do the right thing, drag the hell out of me. Like hang me, put me in times in, in the middle of Times Square. And I mean, I don't care. Like do me like dirty if I don't do the right thing. But if you I know, but I, like, give me the opportunity. And at the same time, remembering and and you you're saying you, that right out loud. You know, I know I have this platform and I have this sense of social responsibility to my community, um, and just standing on that and and being that and proving that. And as we move forward, like you know, yes, you may not have to prove anything, but to build amends and build these relationships in the community that will forego you know supporting your business, um, and supporting change in the community. I, I, I would hope that that would happen, and I do believe that we just need time to see that happen. Yeah, no, um, and I and let me just reiterate: if I said if I spoke inappropriately, I never said like I don't want to prove it. I said I said I don't have to, but I do want to because I'm a part of this community. So I don't mind like proving, but I don't have anything to prove anything with. You know what I'm saying? Like there, I haven't even I don't even have a license yet. Like you know, and so like. To, to be critical of of the 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 anything before it even happens just seems so imma- so so premature right and yeah. nobody has any any real understanding of what somebody's motivation is what somebody's intent is you know even the people exactly. sometimes who are so moving forward into it. <laughs> so that's why we're like like i know you christina you got my number i got your number if you had a question ask me a question you know like i don't see i didn't know i don't know if you if i'm not saying it like there was actually something because honestly i'm not reading online i'm not doing a lot of that stuff because it's it's hurtful to me but but like i so i don't know but like if you say if there was an issue you could call me and we can have a simple conversation i i feel i love you like i feel like you're part of my community too we're a community together you know so so it's just just think of i just say just think about that let's do things that bring us together not things that separate us right that, that i want and i think on Kiber's point, all of us, I feel we're all open to have conversations, right? It, you know, keep it positive. We're all about trying to help people and try to bring other people up. So this idea that, you know, there's open collusion or anything is, I don't get even, I think even if none of us seen eye to eye, even if we really had these large, like, issues big elephants in the room of things that were issues between us i could still stand right by you if it was for the cause that helped the individuals that i'm concerned about no matter what and that at the end of the day shows real you know leadership quality it shows you know the quality of you know caring about something bigger than yourself Um, and we have to remember that it's not just about you me these individuals who are upset you know it's about patients children families um and all of that and and moving forward i hope that we can utilize some of those platforms to address those issues that maybe got forgotten as we pushed forward with legalization um you know and not you know taking any time to destigmatize and you know educate the community before the state getting that windfall coming in um that's something that you know i'm not willing to sidestep around and and say it's okay that we move forward without addressing those things because people are still hurting Right. Duncan, I want to get to you real quick. Okay. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Can you hear me? Yes. So I'll, I'll try and be really brief on this because this is, uh, 
this is a big mess. And I think Christina hit on a lot of shared points that she and I have felt. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think disappointment is a big common theme with this. Um, I, you know, I kind of have felt in the middle of a, a lot of it. And you all have been at this for years ahead, working together as a team, getting legislative reform, moved along, keeping the plant and the community at the forefront while you did so through medical legalization. Um, and then up through REC. And a lot, there's a lot of people on both sides that I felt I looked up to help me sort of inspired me to kind of find my voice and speaking uh, with the state, you know, whether that's, you know, a, a definition of an advocate, I don't really know. But I felt that there were certain things that needed to be said along the way in the public hearings. And so I'm grateful for that and that exposure. Um, but I just feel that, you know, and you, you know, Joe, you and I had talked about this and that's sort of why I feel you invited me on the show was to start the discussion around this massive dissonance in Connecticut. Like, you know, whether you're on social media or not, you know, this is being talked about hourly by the minute. You know, the whole, you know, the, the nation knows about this as like a pretty big laughing stock. Yeah, that's so, it. We're being, we're, so, we're being laughed at. We're not being lauded for anything. And we're so being I, laughed at. I, 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 you know, we, we talked about, you know, identifying mistakes and wrongdoings and accountability and this and that. Um, I hope that what, we've talked about here today continues to be talked about on different platforms. Um, I am aware of invitations for one with um, sort of a dual moderator set up in a, you know, on a different kind of open panel platform as well. Um, I, you know, again, this community deserves healing and that comes with full transparency. And that's all I really have to say on it. Yeah, there's only so much we can cover in an hour. I mean, we already are off the radio. Right now, we're on Facebook only. Um, so we, what, what he said about what he was saying about transparency, and I agree wholeheartedly. But like to bring up Joe's bills from 2009, like, are you talking about that kind of transparency? Because that's not acceptable. Like, what? Why right, and there's and there is there's himself? a certain there's perhaps and again, who am I to to say you know this gets between you know professional business ethics meeting you know uh, you know civil disobedience and there are no rules and laws and change is um, you know necessary change and equity is is violent so I you know I don't. I don't really know how to talk about codes of conduct without sounding hypocritical um, other than what I do and don't do. Um, but personal attacks. Yeah. I can't, I can't get behind that at all. 
and I've seen it from both sides of the fence. Um, you know, perhaps, you know, no one's uh, not to blame in this on in that uh, caddy aspect. So you I know, just don't even know which fence. Like when you say the side of the fence, I'm wondering which side I'm on. I don't even know, like, and or what it's called. I, the side that I I'm would, I would, I would say, like the the fence I'm referencing is like is the descent within within the community, right? You know, you have you have the people that are identifying the dissension, and you know. It's it's what's it's causing it. It's what's everyone everyone's causing it. Everyone that's participating it, whether your intentions are good or not, that's that's causal reasoning. We're all we're all adding to it. You know, so so, honestly, tell you that directing directing it towards healing is the only goal that we should have. Yes, and and that's what I'm saying. Like I can honestly tell you, I I can't think of one person who has ever sent me a message or asked to meet with me, or asked to meet me for coffee, or meet for a backyard sesh. None of that has ever caught one time, say, Kibra, um, I want to, I really want to talk to you, because I want to know what you're doing. I want to know if you're, what you're doing is right for the community. Not one person, not one person. The only person that has ever messaged me about anything that I was doing was Lou Rinaldi, and he started off by calling me a sellout. So immediately that didn't set that conversation, right? So, you know, but that was the only person that's ever even referenced to asking me something about what my partnership is about or what my goals are or what I have in mind for the community or anything like that. Not one person. So since he, since he reached out and like, regardless of how that conversation went, since everyone's trying to heal, would that be a conversation you'd be willing to have with him? No, because he has been offensive. He has been disrespectful. He has um, hit below the belt. He has done things that I would never do. And so I don't feel like I, sh- I need to have a conversation with him at all. Like if, if, if he's part of the community that anyone's embracing, I don't really understand how you can embrace someone so divisive. That's exactly what he is. He is dividing this community. Like, and for him to eat, to send me a message and begin, no, it wasn't even a message. He actually sent me a, a copy of his meme that he made of me. He made me a meme and he sent it to me. And he basically was like, what you think about that? That was the, how the, the message began. But on the meme, he called me a sellout. So honestly, like I said, he only was the closest person to reference a question, but he never really asked me a question. So no, I'm not open to that conversation. I don't believe it'll go well because of his tactics. He's never, ever been direct and he can't keep it clean. He, he wants to play dirty and I don't operate like that. I, I actually got sucked into one of his conversations and, and like went off on him and I had to ask God to forgive me after. And that's not even what I want in my spirit or my energy. So, you know, I know. But as far as the community, I will speak to a whole room of people if he want to be in it. Sure. You know, but as far as me meeting with him, absolutely not. So what's the difference between meeting with him in a room full of people in person or digitally online in an open because forum. Of the way in which he has attacked me, the way in which he has told people the car that I drive, 
and different things like and I asked I had to ask him what his purpose was in doing that like so I don't feel safe I feel like I don't feel like he's a safe person to be around I have heard the tactics that he has used on other people how their children have been attacked I'm not open to that at all and um and 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 if you and if you anybody who has a problem with that I can't see how you can I'm a woman like, I'm not going to meet with a man who has chosen to use personal attacks, who has told people, like, where I live and what kind of car I drive. Like, what is your purpose in that? Like, I, I don't understand it. And so for that reason, no, I don't feel safe. You know that, and I believe that it's so much bigger than just a conversation with Kibra and why her motives are the way they are, you know, remembering that you do have that platform and that the things you say, you know, and I'm not saying you're a legislator, that you have, you know, an extensive amount of pull. Um, but you do have a lot of, you know, recognition in the community. You've been here a long time. Um, and just remembering that, you know, the things that you're saying, whether it's in response to things or not, you know, those things are, are seen and looked at and, you know, but possibly. I interpreted. Out, oh, I, I saw. Him out. And I don't, <laughs> I don't feel guilty about that. He deserved every word that he got because of the way in which he attacked me. And I, and I, and I'm like, listen, Call it my PTSD from growing up in the hood. But when somebody comes at you, it triggered me. Like, and if, if, and if this is a joke, this is the whole reason why we're here. And this is what I'm trying to get people to understand and really like, like get in your head. This is why we're here. We all come from trauma, except for rich people from Guilford. We all come from trauma. We all come from hard things. We all, you don't know his talking to me. Like, you don't know my history. You don't know that I've been in an abusive relationship. Like, and that right. triggered something in me immediately. But nobody... Right. and that's not, that. that's not in defense of his actions. And, and to see a man attacking a woman and telling people where she lives and different things like that. And for people to be listening and, and rooting and, and, and telling, encouraging that, I, it really disturbed me. It made me nervous about people that I once considered my family, people that I made sure had access to cannabis. However, if you don't like us, don't like us, whatever, I don't know. what I didn't even know people had all these problems with cannabis, but now all these people got problems with cannabis. But whatever, I did the best I could with what I had while working <laughs> while taking care of my family which includes triplets and another child and I have two grandchildren like like I have been doing a lot I didn't get everything perfect but I, I've always been trying to be a part of this community so to be excommunicated or treated in a way and then and then have people that I thought I had love for and who had love for me sit back and watch them do it has been very disturbing to me right. extremely right. disturbing to me. right and I don't think anybody had control over that I really think you know my more of my point was that this is so much bigger and that we have so much work to do and that for you know no matter what our motives or our investments are or whatever the outcomes might be we have to find that middle ground you do have an ability to talk to these legislators that I don't have. You know, I struggle with that. Um, you seem to do pretty well sitting down. So we do at some let's point. Talk, need let's to edit let's talk. Let's Absolutely. talk. Like, let's talk. Like, it's unfortunately, like, like, 
another that same person was like, well, why aren't you talking about lab results and all this other stuff? I'm like, I can't talk about everything. And I'm still trying to manage my life. I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. Like I still work for a living. Like I still do all these things. Like, so I can't be, I can't be on every platform talking about everything. I got to stick to what I know. And even now that's even limited because hopefully I'll be trying to build a business. So that's going to limit my ability to even be out there and doing all of that. Like, people have to be fair like you have to look at the bigger picture instead of through a tunnel of what you can see because there's a whole lot happening in the background like it's a lot (laughs) happening in the background I lost two family members this month like people don't understand like it just it's, it's a lot happening in the background so how could you stand in a place of judgment like I could never be in a place of judgment of any of you all like I could say, like like with Joe, with the when I thought he called the TV, I was like, mm, now he shouldn't have done that. And I think I told him that. I think I said it like he should not have invited them there. Now I hear the whole story. My bad. Like I should not have judged him or even had that thought. Like did I did I write memes about him and try to degrade his character or speak negatively about him? No, I just said, well, I didn't think that was a good idea for him to call up. But I mean. Jesus, like the viciousness, the nature of this stuff. And we smoke weed. Like, how are we not happy? How are right. we not- and there, there are certain parts of Lou that I value. You know, he was really helpful in finding some information with the state that I feel like we've been fighting for years and years, right? So, like, I can't negate that there was value in that. The approach was absolutely despicable. I think it does feed into some of that, you know, pain and hurt in this community that we don't need more of. The conversation should be open. The conversation should be had. You know, some of the concerns with individuals working with MSOs, even in equity joint ventures, is are they going to make the right decisions? Are are they going to be influenced because they're working with these MSOs? And those are some of the concerns that I think he has that maybe weren't conveyed properly um, and very viciously. And, you know, I've, I've been on the other end of those as well. That's um, right. And it's not right. So I cannot condone that. I do not like that. I am not that person. Um, I am all peace and love and let's get the community together, even if we don't agree, even if, even if we're not friends, even if it doesn't matter, because ultimately it's so much bigger than us. And we have, we are the voice. We are the people that are out there. Why are we here on this show? Because we've been out here for years. We've been out here for years and everything is falling apart. And I just can't walk away and leave patients and consumers and families who have struggled and come to me and said to me, you know, I live every day in fear that they're going to kick in my door because I use cannabis. We can't just leave them hanging. We can't forget that, you know, they ended a light, the licensing um, a lottery before the fact of, of expunging people's records in the state of Connecticut. That's insane. So those are all issues that we need to find some middle ground to be able to tackle because I can't do it by myself. We can't do it when we're in a constant state of chaos. Um, and that's really my goal to being here. Right. And like, we may not, you know, see eye to eye on everything, but that's okay. That's the, that's people. Everybody yeah, has their own nature. Right. Right. So I'd like to kind of wrap it up. So why don't we just go around the room with our final thoughts? I want to thank everyone for being here. Um, you know, I know we all took a lot of heat for being here and doing this thing. I hope we accomplished at least some of what we wanted to accomplish. You know, the best I would like, you know, as far as me, my outcome from this or from anything would like to just see people coexist. 
I would just, and a ceasefire would go a long way towards opening the doors of communication. So I would like to just, you know, my outcome for this would be coexistence and at least a ceasefire for now. I'm not even talking about a truce, just a ceasefire so that we can sit down and have a reasonable conversation. Let the heat cool down a little bit. Come back with cooler heads. And the people who need to talk should talk. And we can do that wherever. It doesn't even have to be on this show. We can do it wherever. But that's what I'd like to see. Private. Yeah. Semi-private. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, don't even know. think like it's... I said, like certain people, I don't know. I don't feel safe. Like, and that's unfortunate. But like... I, I do. I don't think we should broadcast it. I think we should just have a conversation. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm I really, uh, I'm really disturbed that like we all, we're really finding all the people that are against legalization of cannabis, like against wanting it in community. Like we're finding all this out, and we're not together to fight like these, like the stuff that's happening. Like we got another legislative session. Like we've only just begun. Like the this shit's not over. Like so we. We got to work together. I, I, I don't know. Like, if I don't have y'all, what, 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 what can I do? Like, yeah. what can I do? Like, yeah. I need y'all. We need each other. Like, it's all going to go, continue to go to crap. More and more crap is going to happen. Like, yeah, it only gets worse unless we, we, it stops. It only mm-hmm. gets worse. And worse is bloody. Christina, let, how about you? little final Christina. word. This is only the beginning of the conversations. I think there are more people that need to be involved. I think there's more things that need to be talked about. I think that people need to connect with one another who they have these individual issues with and have conversations if that's a viable option. Um, you know, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm so disgusted. I haven't been on Instagram in two weeks and I, that's just unacceptable. Um, you know, the people need us, the patients need us, the consumers need us. And I think that we do need each other to some degree. So, um, I hope that, you know, people that are upset can put that to the side. If they really are here for true patient outcomes being the best that they can be, this is not the way for it to be done. Um, and, and we, we can do a lot better than this. I, I'm sure of that. All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Joe. Christina. Joe. Uh, same. I, I, to, to find the, you know, to move forward from this and start to have, you know, more non-toxic conversations where, you know, we're getting somewhere instead of the constant shit flinging that's been going on. I mean, uh, to entice somebody to a conversation about something where, um, I don't think hacking them has worked and that, going forward we need to find ways to build each other up and continue to build each other up and and try to you know and and of course stay accountable we all make mistakes and we make you know and and in this but to you know in holding each other accountable work with each other to you know rebuild trust rebuild the community and then you know focus our efforts together on key points of legislation that protect patients that protect the you know the the actual consumer of the plant um so you know i would love like to make in in closing just to to have a more you know friendly non-toxic forum where we can do this okay yeah i agree duncan i want to 
Can you hear me? Yeah. So I want to piggyback on what Christina had said, you know, and sort of what I had mentioned in the beginning that this is just one of many conversations that need to be had. There are a lot of individual grievances and people need to figure that out as adults. Um, I think sort of the, the social media posturing and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an accelerant. It can be great or it can be pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And I think the people who deserve um, to be heard um, that, you know, again, this was, this was uh, an invitation to your show in this platform and format. So, you know, the community is vast and wide and we need to uh, further investigate and explore those other platforms and continue having this conversation of what's going on in the community now. What are people's concerns? How do we continue to hold each other accountable? And most importantly, how do we heal? Because no one is going to take us serious. Nope. And I that's on both sides. I, no I, one's going to take them serious either. I don't take. I don't take any. This is this is so sad and disgusting. Yeah, I agree. Uncle Lou, you haven't said a word. Are you still there? Oh, I'm enjoying the conversation, good sir. Yeah. Anything to say before we head off the air? I'm sorry to keep you guys a little longer than you. No. Oh, uh, oh! I have uh, peace. Lou. Before Lou, before you speak, I just have one small request. I'm so sorry to interrupt. The uh, the comments, uh, like the comments and the questions in the in the Facebook thread for this, uh, right? You said it because it goes past the the radio. Yeah, as a as a live thing. I just I just hope that we can get a copy of that and make sure those get. Um, I will. You know, I'll, address, I'll, I'll, address I'll copy them down. I'll copy okay. them down. All right. Thank you. All right, Lou. Lou. Uncle Lou. I'm here. Yeah. Peace you want to just finish up? Grow your weed. Enjoy your plant. Have some fun. Right. Peace. Peace. Right? Just peace. <laughs> Paul. Yeah. Hey, uh, I agree. Uh, community, I can't echo it more than Christina and and what Duncan's saying, the community really does need to find its footing uh, if we want to actually stand any kind of a chance moving forward with legislators. Um, it's always been an uphill fight, uh, and the last thing we need is really internal fighting uh, for unnecessary means, right? Uh, I, can only, I can speak for myself. I put my name, I put my phone number, put my email, put my business cards. I feel I'm approachable. If you have a question reach out to me. Right. And I think we all made that quite clear today that we are all open to talk. We are all open for conversation. We all have Instagram. We all have Facebook. Everybody knows how to reach us. If you ever have any questions, please, you know, contact us directly. I know I talk to everybody. I talk to people from the other side. I'm willing to open a conversation, you know, so I'm not afraid of that. Um, and I, because that's the only way we're going to make it work. So I'm putting this olive branch on behalf of us to whoever wants it, please let's make peace. Let's just make peace. Let's coexist. 
and let's just try to make Connecticut one of the best industries in this country instead of one of the worst, you know, because it can go either way right now, you know? Um, and I want to thank you all for staying a little later. I appreciate it. Um, I think it was important that we do this. I'm willing to continue the conversation, but like I said, it does not have to happen on, on this platform. I think this show from now on is going to go back to its roots, be more of an educational program, focus more on larger issues, the national scene, what's happening in the government um, and things like that, because, you know, we kind of lost our way too. I'll admit to that. You know, we might have paid a little bit too much attention to certain things. Um, you know, I, I, I've corrected that. Um, and, you know, I'm always willing to admit my mistakes and correct anything that I've done, but I need to know what I've done. You know, a lot of these things, I, I, you know, I don't even know these people. Right. To be honest with you, I've never even met them. Right. So please introduce yourself to me, please. I can't, I hate being attacked. I don't want to attack. I don't want to go to war guys. Uh, that this is a waste of time and nobody wins. That's all I can say. Nobody wins in a war and the damage is devastating on both sides. These guys got to realize it's going to hurt their businesses. It's going to hurt them too. As much as it's hurting us. And I don't want to see that happen to anybody, anyone. I love this community. I love the state of Connecticut. I told you in the beginning why I'm here. It's not because I hate everybody. That's because I had to be here. So with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Thanks again for coming. Um, I'll see you. We're off air next week. So I'll see you again on the 25th. Thank you. Love you all, guys, and I love the community. Roll another. Yeah. Harry stayed with us. He could have left us. Kira, we got to do karaoke. I know. I was gonna get up and find the We bike. did this song, remember? My room is still messed up. And I know I got why. Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. We gotta stick together, Cuba. I love you. Before I got high. Come on, y'all. Check it out. I could have cheated and I could have passed. But I got high. I'm taking it next semester, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high, because I got high, because I got high. Go to the next, go to the next, go to the next. Uh. I was gonna go to court before I got high. I was gonna pay my child support, but then I got high. No, you wasn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck, and I know why. Yeah, cause I got high. Because I got high, because I got high. I wasn't gonna run from the cops, but I was high. Uh, I'm serious, man. I was gonna pull right over and stop, but I was high. Uh, now I'm a paraplegic, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, cause I got high, 
Because I got high. Because I got high. La 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 la. I was gonna make love to you, but then I got high. I'm serious. I was gonna eat your too, but then I got high.